and good morning to you Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVUI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation and talk about the people, ideas and issues shaping Tucson's future. And to Matt Neely and all of our listeners, uh, today is what most normal people call Tuesday. Around here it's called Wednesday Eve. So happy Wednesday (laughs) Eve to you. Mr. Rex Scott, Matt Neely, all of our listeners. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good morning. Glad somebody <laughs> remembers the days, of the, the names of the days of the week around here. Oh man. Well, if we don't, our listeners do, which is always, <laughs> no, which is always helpful. But uh, if you've made it to Wednesday Eve, your week is going well so far, and we're always a day ahead here on on the program. But no, looking forward to uh, our show today. It's full. I want to jump in sooner than later because the time is ticking and the topics are. Many. We're going to close out the show. Let me back into it. We're going to close out the show with Brittany Battle from uh, uh, Social Venture Partners talking about their Fast Pitch event later on this week, supporting some of the great young nonprofits in our community. So we'll have Brittany on. Uh, here to start us off this hour is Supervisor Rex Scott. He represents District 1 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. And we have a lot to talk about today, uh, from voting to uh, Pima County Jail to COVID. We're going to cover some of the things that have happened since we last had the supervisor on. And here with us live in studio is Supervisor Rex Scott. Supervisor, always good to be with you. Thanks for coming on. Zach, thanks for the invitation. Delighted to have some time with you and Matt and your listeners. Absolutely. So I wanted to start talking about uh, the voting centers conversation and the e-poll books. It's it's kind of a a twofer there. Both things that uh, uh, most of uh, the counties in the state of Arizona um, have, uh, have adopted uh, I don't want to take too long to set it up, but I, I was interested by a couple of dynamics, and, and I wanted to, to get your thoughts. Supervisor Bronson, of course, there was a resolution drawn up against her by the Pima County Democratic Party uh, over some of her concerns um, over this. And I bring that up because it feels like there's a, a moderate uh, wing of the Board of Supervisors, and I think you and Supervisor Bronson fill that. There's a progressive wing. I would, you know, kind of put uh, Supervisor Hines and Supervisor Grijalva in that bucket, and of course Steve Christie uh, as a Republican. And Supervisor Bronson kind of seemed to have some concerns around: um, Do we implement this? Well, we have a new elections director, uh, a new county recorder, and is this the right time to do it? And she said she heard concerns from Republicans and. Democrats and independents as well. Uh, that was not a concern that you shared. You you came out pretty vocal for uh, voting centers, implementing voting centers and e-poll books. Could you share with us real quick what those two things are? Sure. And why you not only voted twice in favor of it, but you came out in the star and supported it. Uh, I really want to dig into your point of view, sure. Uh, because it wasn't unanimous amongst the Democrats on the Pima County Board of Supervisors, and that's always interesting it, to me. It wasn't, Zach, and I think in the American two-party system, where you have two parties that are the dominant players, there's going to be a lot of diversity and the potential for disagreement within both parties. 
Case in point, on the other side of the aisle, uh, former state Senator Frank Antonori just sent an email to all of the Pima County Republican PCs calling for the resignation of Pima County Republican Chair Shelley Keis. Uh, so there certainly can be disagreement within uh, the two parties over over any number of issues. Uh, Supervisor Bronson and I did have different positions on this, but I don't think our differences were based on whatever uh, spot we may occupy within the Democratic Party. Uh, they were based on our differing analyses of how vote centers and e-poll books could be implemented in Pima County. My staff and I, along with our representative from the Election Integrity Commission, and each supervisor appoints one person to the Election Integrity Commission, uh, we had a uh, two-hour meeting with the recorder, with the uh, interim director of the Elections Division, and another member of the recorder's staff, and we peppered them with questions about security, safety, accessibility, connectivity, all of the concerns that have been raised in the community about vote centers and e-poll books. And we not only felt that they answered our questions, but that they anticipated them. You mentioned earlier, Zach, that almost all of the Arizona counties are, are implementing both of these reforms, and that's the case. Uh, vote centers are used in 11 of the, four, of the other 14 counties. We will be the 12th to use them beginning in August of this year. And what it allows is for you to go into any of the vote centers that are going to be established in the county and cast a ballot. You don't have to go, as you have in the past, to the precinct polling place uh, for the precinct in, in, in which you live. And we feel that that not only increases access and, and ease of voting, but vote centers have been used safely and securely throughout Arizona since 2011, I believe. And the very first county to implement vote centers was Yavapai County, which is not exactly a bastion of liberalism. Uh, in fact, it is probably one of the more Republican mm. counties in the state. E-poll books are essentially electronic rosters of voters. And uh, what is interesting about e-poll books is that all 14 of the other Arizona counties have been using them for many years. We will be the last. What we've been doing up until now is printing, using reams of paper uh, to print rosters of voters that go to all of the uh, precinct polling places. We also have to print blank ballots uh, to go to all of those uh, precinct polling places. So if you think about that situation, where you have paper rosters where a few days before the actual vote the poll workers have to cross out the names of voters who voted by mail where you have all of these blank ballots that are sitting in these polling places uh, even though election fraud uh, is about as rare as a being struck by lightning the potential for election fraud indeed the potential for human error is greater in our current arrangement of precinct polling places and paper rosters than it will be with vote centers and e-poll books. So to come back to your question, I really feel that the recorder's office 
and the elections division and they have different jobs the recorder's mm -hmm. office is going to be responsible mostly for the rollout of the e-poll books but the elections division is responsible for determining the number and location of vote centers i think they have a good plan in place and one last point i'll make about the vote centers is that there was a draft list that was presented to the board in February 15th, on February 15th when we voted to move forward with these two reforms. But we've also been putting out a call to various stakeholder groups and the community at large to see if we need to expand that list. So I'm confident that not only will we have more than the 100 vote centers that were on the draft list, but we also will ensure that every voter in Pima County who votes on election day and bear in mind that eight out of 10 voters usually vote by mail. Uh, but the voters who choose to vote in person, I can guarantee you they will have uh, any number of vote centers close to where they work or live. Uh, I wanna follow up on that with one more question. We'll go a little longer on this segment because I think this is an important, an important topic. I actually want to reference some of my um, Republican acquaintances who uh, have said, look, uh, on the merits of these two things, I think we actually like e-poll books. We think it might make it easier to, you know, validate signatures on an initiative or to validate petitions more quickly. Um, this may not be out in public, said supervisor, but behind the scenes, uh, I don't know if, if the merits of these are as disagreed <clears throat> as it would seem. I think what I have heard from both associates on the right and the left are is this concern of, look, this is Pima County recorder Kazars Kelly's first major, you know, uh, state and national election with the midterms coming up in seven months. An election director was just hired whose work has been in communities a third to a fifth the size of Pima County. Can this get spun up by two relatively new figureheads in seven months and done well in a voting situation where there has been two years uh, of political tension and disagreement around the security of elections. It seemed to me Supervisor Bronson was saying, I don't know if I can put my name behind that. You can, and you did, and I, I don't wanna make you repeat what you already said, but what I'm hearing is that after you sat down with all the right people, you came away saying that, yes, two relatively new people in seven months can get this spun up, no problem, we're good to go. You're exactly right, Zach. And when I went into that two-hour meeting that my staff and I had with representatives from the recorder's office and the elections division, I was not convinced. Uh, I had some questions about not only some of the issues that we talked about earlier, safety, security, accessibility, connectivity, but I did have questions about experience. Yes, uh, the recorder just took office the same month that I did, January Correct. 2021. Yes, uh, we have a new elections division head coming in, although that person was responsible for the rollout of both e-poll books and vote centers in the previous jurisdiction that she represented. But when I posed those questions about experience, along with the other issues that I wanted to touch on, I felt that they uh, made a strong case that not only did they have a plan in place, but as I said earlier, the potential for human error, 
the kind of human error that can often come from uh, a, a lack of experience is actually higher when you have uh, reams of paper being used for paper rosters and having to cross out on each one of those paper rosters who voted by mail and who didn't. Uh, and when you have all of these blank ballots that are going out uh, to the polling places, the potential not only for uh, fraud, but human error is higher with the existing model than it is with vote centers and e-poll books. Uh, it's not to say that human error uh, can't have a role with these two reforms, but it's less likely to be a factor uh, given the way they are structured. We're with Supervisor Rex Scott this morning. He represents District 1 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. We spent a little bit longer than usual because I think this is an important topic. And, Supervisor, it's one that you have personally advocated for. So I was looking forward uh, to getting the the non-print version uh, of this conversation. When we come back, a bit of a shorter segment, but I want to focus on just one topic, 12 deaths in the Pima County Jail sure. since, 20, uh, since January of 2021. Uh, Supervisor Hines asked for Sheriff Nanos to come in. Uh, to ask and answer, how is this happening, and what do we do about it? I want to get your thoughts from that conversation when we come back. Supervisor Scott, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVI The Voice. We'll be right back for one more segment with the supervisor. Don't go anywhere. Trusted local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest 
Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. A quick second segment with Supervisor Rex Scott with us live here in studio. He represents District 1 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. We spent a long segment talking about voting centers and e-poll books. And if you're interested, and I think if you're a Democrat listening or Republican listening, you're interested in that topic, uh, check it back out on the podcast. We have a few short minutes with you, Supervisor. There have been 12 deaths in Pima County jails since January of 2021. Uh, And the Supervisor's uh, pulled in Sheriff Nanos to have a quick half an hour chat about about what's going on. Uh, Supervisor Steve Christie was on the show last week or the week before, and he mentioned here what he asked as well on the dais uh, a couple of sessions ago when Sheriff Nanos was in of uh, were we so understaffed? If we had more staffing, of course, tied back to vaccination decisions, if we were more staffed, uh, would we be able to eliminate uh, either the drug use or the assault or whatever is happening in the jails around this issue. I want to get your thoughts, Supervisor. Why are we seeing the spike in deaths in Pima County jails from what you've heard, and how do we, how do we turn that around? From what I understand from not only the presentation that we heard from the sheriff at, at the previous meeting, uh, but also from what I've heard about the individual circumstances of each one of those deaths, is that we can't paint with a broad brush in terms of explaining what happened in each one of those those human tragedies. What I heard from the sheriff is that uh, predating his term in office, uh, there have been staffing challenges at the jail. Uh, it is a challenging position. And a lot of the people who are corrections officers choose after a certain period of time uh, to get the additional training so that they can be deputies. Uh, So the staffing issues that came up as a result of the board's decision to require vaccines for our employees who work with vulnerable populations, including corrections officers, did not cause this this issue of staffing at the jail. It has been an issue for, for many years, and I know that this, the sheriff is going to present uh, a comprehensive staffing package to us as we go into budget season about how he is trying to get his overall workforce back up to levels uh, where where it, those uh, where it was uh, several years ago. So what I took away from that conversation is 
they're trying to determine what each of the individual circumstances of those human tragedies tell them not only about how the jail should be staffed, but also how the inmates should be monitored and, and supervised. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the sheriff did say fairly clearly is that when you can make rounds faster because you have more people, there's the window for self-harming activity or for harmful activity is shorter and so happens less. The other thing that came up that I don't think got to be talked about too much in detail is fentanyl is flowing across the border. It is making its way into the Pima County jails. And I think Supervisor Hines uh, was asking about that. I think he was the supervisor asking about uh, what kind of fentanyl use are we seeing in the jails. Is, is this a, a problem that, that you'll be following up on or looking more into as a supervisor, how to uh, how to keep that very deadly drug out of out of the jails. I think we need to be looking at what we can do to address fentanyl use throughout our community, not just within the Pima County Jail, no uh, but amongst all segments of our population, especially young people. Uh, and one of the mm. things that I think is very important to point out to young people is that sometimes another substance can be laced with fentanyl yep. and you have no knowledge of that. Uh, for those of us who are in my age bracket, it's, mm. it's resemblant of the warnings that we heard from our parents and teachers about angel dust. Mm. And the same is true with fentanyl, but it's much more much more dangerous, much more potentially lethal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, last question, perhaps the hardest question of all, Supervisor Scott. Was it nice to be on the dais uh, the other day? Your first meeting, correct? It was so uh, uh, nice. In person. It was so nice, Zach. And it was the first in-person meeting for three of the five supervisors, mm -hmm. both uh, Supervisor Hines and Grijalva and myself, were all, all all took office in January of 2021, and so this meeting in uh, March of uh, 2022 was our first in-person meeting, and hopefully, all of them moving forward will will be in person. Yeah, and the city of Tucson, I believe, is following later this month, if not at the next meeting. And and this is me just editorializing. It's about time. I think the the science and the data have been there probably for a while, but certainly now. Uh, and there's just something, I think, about being together in person as policymakers, but also being able to be face-to-face -face with the community. Um, that is just so important. And I'm glad that it's finally happening. We could debate the past. I don't feel like doing that. No. I'm glad it's happening. Supervisor, I could do another hour with you, uh, but the time is the time is nigh. We are <laughs> we are done, Supervisor. Where can people find you offline if they want to ping you about anything, chat with you? Uh, certainly you can email me at uh, rex.scott at pima.gov. You can call our office at 724-2738. Uh, and you can also follow us on, on Facebook or, or on Twitter. Uh, I'm not uh, cool enough or, or young enough to be on Instagram yet, but maybe we'll work on that. Well, for our young listeners, you got to get on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, uh, but we should do that together. Supervisor that would Scott, be fun. <laughs> thank you as always. Uh, be well, take care out there, and we'll do this again soon. Great. Thanks Thank so much, Zach. When we come back, a few words from me, and then we'll talk to social venture partners about fast pitch for nonprofits later. Yeah, we 
Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. If you just joined us, you are listening live here out of the Common Works Space Studios to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We just said goodbye to Supervisor Rex Scott, the supervisor representing District 1 here in Pima County for you, Oro Valley, uh, Marana, and I think north up to Pinell County as well. It's a pretty wide north Tucson stretch. Uh, you can, he left his contact information. You can shoot me an email, zyenser at gmail.com. Uh, to uh, to follow up on anything that we talked about. We focused on voting centers, e-poll books, and a large number of deaths in the Pima County Jail over the last year in change. We got his views on all of it. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, hub ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most up-to-date uh, open hours, and those are expanding as their business grows. And next time you go in, mention that you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15 percent discount off your next 
meal. And uh, Matt Neely and I are gonna probably go and test that theory once again and try that ourselves in uh, in the next uh, number of days and we'll let you know how it goes. But uh, I've been there multiple times now. Great food, great people, and a, a good deal to boot. Um, in just a minute, we're going to go to our final break and have a bit of a longer conversation with Brittany Battle, one of my favorite Tucsonans, uh, from Social Venture Partners. We're gonna talk about the Fast Pitch event uh, that is coming up in support of local nonprofits, but especially nonprofits who are emerging or, or just starting. Not not the big ones we all know, but the great local smaller efforts that have just begun that need that support to get off the ground. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, but a, a quick monologue from me, and this 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 came into my mind as as I was having the chat with Supervisor Scott about. Uh, 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 e-poll books and voting centers. Uh, there was some from Democrats, from Independents, from Republicans. We we heard it from Republicans. We heard it from uh, Democratic Supervisor uh, Sharon Bronson. This question of uh, can we make a shift in how we do our elections in the next seven months? Uh, in a sense, would it be wiser uh, to plan for uh, 2024 instead of 2022, uh, considering that the new election director has come from uh, two communities uh, that are a third to a fifth the size of Pima County and a new Pima County recorder um, whose first day in office happened in 2021. And this midterm, which I think is going to be hotly contested, coming off two years of questioning uh, voter security and uh, uh, of all of that. And you know my position on that. I've pushed back uh, on some of that narrative, but it's out there. Uh, are these uh, two relatively new folks uh, ready and have the teams in place uh, to execute this transition? Now, you heard from Supervisor Scott that after his two-hour meeting asking similar questions, he felt yes, Supervisor Bronson felt no, it's up to our policymakers. They can have divergent views. That's how this game works. That's how this thing should work. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Um, but folks who asked those questions got heat, right? And and there were claims of racism and there were claims of, you know, this or that. And, you know, it continues to remind me of even things where I, I, I think I'm always objective and pragmatic and practical on this show. That is my goal. Um, that I live out on this show what I tell you I am, an independent voice who can see things on both sides and try to ask the right questions. Uh, and, and if you are a Democrat listening or Republican listening, you know that my heart is to do that. I don't sit in the seat wearing team blue shirt, team red shirt. This is public time. This is public air. The public is made up of a lot of different viewpoints, and I try to cut through the noise as best as I can. And, and I've asked questions on things in the community like roads or economic development, uh, never trying to throw rocks or poke people in the eye. And I, I've had people uh, get offended uh, in influential positions. Uh, and it's starting to feel like in this community um, that if you aren't constantly congratulating, uh, if you aren't just constantly high-fiving, if you aren't just constantly validating, if you are asking any kind of question, if you are in any kind of learning process, if you have not even made up your mind on something, if you are for the good of the community trying to raise an issue, if you're doing any of those things, you're against somebody. Or how dare you? 
And look, I think our politics as a country has come from that tunnel vision. I think our politics locally uh, and some of the issues we face today have come from a culture of self-congratulation and getting upset with people who dare to ask a question. Look, it is our job as people who are registered in Pima County and in Tucson to ask about roads, to ask about public safety, to ask, 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 ask. I remember, you know, when some new uh, kind of law enforcement professionals were uh, were asked in, in a in a recent article in the Arizona Daily Star about why there's you know not eight social workers hired, but we've budgeted for a year and a half. It's a good question, and there are people that got offended at that question. We've gotten really thin-skinned here, I think. And look, I say this for the good of community. Not wearing blue shirt, not wearing red shirt. I don't have a color shirt on, so to speak. For the good of community, it's our job to ask questions. And if you are a policymaker, it's your job to ask questions. It's also your job to get questions asked of you. And in this community, we've gotten so thin-skinned to where any kind of those questions is perceived as an attack, is perceived as whatever the case may be, and colored as something that it is not. This community is not going to achieve its best possible future if we're not given the space to ask the right questions. And I think this came to mind as I had Supervisor Rex Scott on, where I think some pragmatic questions were asked and were framed in in a negative way. Um, We got to ask the questions. It's our job as citizens, not just my job, it's our job collectively to ask the questions. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk to the team at Social Venture Partners about the Fast Pitch event coming up at the end of the week, a great way to support uh, some of our emerging nonprofits in the community, something that really does make up the fabric of this community. We'll be right back. More on Tipping Point with me, your host, Zach Yenser, right after this. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Ween of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona, where we are more than just a food bank with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster. Looking ahead, is it going to be a good monsoon? On the noon hour at 10.30, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And good morning to you again, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. We're back live here out of the Common Workspace studios for this Tuesday drive time hour of tipping point with Zach Yenser around here. We call it Wednesday Eve. Uh, we started the hour with Supervisor Rex Scott, represents District 1 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. Uh, and that was a good conversation about a variety of topics. You can check it out on the podcast. But I want to jump right into our final conversation of this hour uh, with a couple of really great people, some of my favorite in Tucson, and I really do mean that, uh, Brittany Battle, the program manager for Social Venture Partners. Let's start there. Brittany, good morning to you. Excited to talk about the Fast Pitch event this morning. Welcome aboard. Well, happy Wednesday Eve to you, Zach, and to your audience. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a Zach Yenser fan. I'm watching what you're doing. I'm listening. And I just am jazzed about what you were saying before I headed in into this call about it's our job to ask questions. And I just I just was really inspired by, by that and can't wait to tell you about Social Venture Partners because that's exactly what we do at Social Venture Partners. We ask a lot of questions, and more importantly, we find solutions. 
I love it. That's that's the important part. Uh, and Brittany, you're joined today. We'll come back to you in a second to kind of open us up. But uh, another uh, fairly frequent flyer on the show uh, is Michael Brasher, who heads up Boys to Men. Uh, not the band, but better uh, here in <laughs> Tucson. Uh, Michael, good to have you on the show again. <laughs> Zach, man, I am such a fan and super grateful. I think if I come on the show one more time, someone told me I get a free sandwich. So glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to make that happen. And the the mutual appreciation was not planted. This is totally off script, but uh, I think you both are great. And I'm I'm looking forward to this. I, I want to ping back to Brittany. Um, Brittany, t- tell us a little bit about Social Venture Partners. You're the program manager for SVP here in Tucson. So start there, and then and then give us the fast pitch about Fast Pitch. Uh, that's coming up on the 31st here at the end of the week. So so tell us why you're here today. So Social Venture Partners at the heart of it is a nonprofit that brings people people together. And we're a community of engaged philanthropists that donate and dedicate time, talent, and treasure to really strengthening our nonprofit community. And we do this because we deeply care about creating lasting change right here in Southern Arizona. We get it that nonprofits are really carrying the burden of the important social issues of our time. Michael Brasher with Boys to Men is on the front lines along with many others in our community who are trying to make a difference here. Um, So that's who we are at Social Venture Partners. And we, we bring together businesses and we bring together individuals and we invest in nonprofits. And we do that in a couple different ways, but today, as you mentioned, we're gonna focus on Fast Pitch. And Fast Pitch is a program and it's an event. It's a five month free training program for nonprofit leaders. And we give them messaging, fundraising skills, help them build relationships and gain resources. And then it's an incredible event. And that event is happening March 31st on Thursday, the last Thursday, last day of the month. And this will be a five, five o'clock event where people can come see 10 nonprofit leaders, share their mission, their work, gain over $100,000 on stage. Your audience members can vote for the TEP Power to the People Award, and they can just lean in and learn about what's going on in the community and join in and make an impact. Very cool. I've heard it just, I, I love it. That was a fast pitch. Uh, I've heard kind of it gets, uh, it's a little bit like Shark Tank, not quite. But again, I think the really cool piece is that uh, even folks listening today who want to make the time to come by and watch uh, can participate and can support and can uh, promote and can invest in the those, organiza- those 10 organizations on stage, right? Absolutely, and and this will be something that they can come join us in person. It's at the University of Arizona Health Sciences Innovation Building, or virtually anywhere around the world. We will be broadcasting this on television afterwards as well in April. So a lot of ways you can catch us. We, of course, hope you come join us live on the 31st. Now, before we pull Michael in on this, um, uh, Brittany, 
Give us a taste of, and there, there's 10 individuals that are part of the class of 2022. You mentioned there's 10. Um, give us a taste of a few of the organizations or projects that are represented by these 10 nonprofits on stage on the 31st. Absolutely. So these are nonprofits that are really working in these intersectional movements of social justice. Um, we have, you know, foster education care, we have um, health care initiatives, we have um, immigrant and refugee rights um, care initiatives. So 10 nonprofits really on the front lines doing this, this work. Um, I'll highlight, you know, a couple here because, of course, we want everyone to come learn about all of them. Um, but Florence Immigrant and Refugee Rights Project, great organization here that's really helping to support those that don't have a voice, that don't have rights, that don't have um, care and services. Um, and so just incredible nonprofits that are really working around around the clock, truly, and really taking on some of the most critical issues in our community um, right here in Southern Arizona. Very cool. Another one I'll just highlight again, uh, not, you know, in any kind of uh, preference or order or bias, but uh, uh, not yesterday, but the Monday before, I was at the groundbreaking, Brittany, of the IMU 360 uh, Small Homes Project uh, for young people who are either aging out of foster care or experiencing homelessness. So Desiree Cook and her team are uh, one of those 10. So some familiar faces, some familiar voices some familiar organizations and they get to, to pitch the community and I, I, love, the, I love the concept. Um, so Brittany, why is Michael here? Let's get Michael in. What's Michael, what, what, what's Michael doing here other than being awesome? <laughs> no, I, I thank you and thank you for highlighting a few of the class members this year. You know, it's, there's, all of them are great and so it's hard to pick out a few, but um, thank you for doing that. And Michael's here because he was in the class of 2021 and really one of the, the first classes to take on this innovative training program that we established last year, two-phase program. So that everything you know and love about the pitch events and, and gaining you know, your story and your messaging and your pitch to share with the global audience. But then the second phase to learn more about donor connections and marketing strategy as well, to take everything they learned beyond. And Michael... Michael told the world about the importance, really the importance of having men in our community to help strengthen young boys and to help strengthen our community through showing love and compassion and, and togetherness. And um, the SVP team and, and the community, they were really inspired and moved by, by this work and jumped into to learn and support what they do. So mm. let's let Michael tell you about you know, who, who Voice to Men is and how Fast Pitch made an impact on them because it's the perfect person to share that awesome. information. Yeah. I love it. Michael, over to you. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate all y'all's kind words. Um, you know, and, and it's actually, it is uh, poetic to be back on uh, Tipping Point to talk about this because I think when I was on, you know, a few years ago, Zach, we were just such an emerging organization. I was the only yeah. full-time staff member. Um, and, and, you know, 
we we know there's a crisis going on with teenage boys all all over the country, and especially uh, we have it here in Arizona. You know, there's the achievement gap, there's substance abuse issues, there's disproportional rates of mental health and suicide, and and we know that there are really practical, doable solutions, and that we just need to organize ourselves, and so. That's the work that Boys to Men has been doing in the school system. Now we do weekly talking circles. Um, but I think when I, when I got into Fast Pitch, I was really struggling as the only full-time staff member, member with a lot of demand for our programs. But, but we needed to grow, um, and we needed to get the word out there. And so uh, I, just, I really cannot say enough about what Social Venture Partners is doing to build capacity into our nonprofit community. I was the only staff member um, and today we have a team of seven, uh, and that's about wow. a year later. Um, wow. And I can say 100% that's a direct result of my participation in Fast Pitch. I mean, we had just the community super activated around the cause um, as a result of the platform and the training they gave me to bring our message and, and just an influx of folks saying, how do we support? We want to connect you to foundations. We want to give. We want to volunteer. Um, and we've been able to significantly scale our programs and, and really about double our impact uh, in the last year because of that investment from SVP. That is incredible. Michael, I didn't know those numbers. Congratulations um, on on that Thank growth. You. And uh, growth that you know includes uh, dollars from fast pitch, but then this five uh, this five month five month training. Uh, I, I want to leave time, uh, Michael, for uh, uh, to make sure that that you and Brittany get a chance to tell people how and where to participate. But any last words, yeah. Michael, on the impact of this on on your team or anything else you want to add? I, I just encourage folks to support. Um, fast pitch because you're going to find out about the most exciting tip of the spear cutting edge social solutions to pressing problems that a lot of times we feel immobilized around and if you just watch fast pitch man you're going to come out of that event feeling so inspired about our ability to build a better and stronger tucson so just really encourage people to, to participate i love it uh, Michael Brasher, thanks for making the time to to be with us. And uh, if you just joined, we're also with Brittany Battle, Program Manager for Social Venture uh, Partners. We're talking about Fast Pitch, this event coming up on March 31st. Uh, Ten nonprofit leaders will share their Fast Pitch stories, uh, take their shot at over $100,000 on stage and gain donations from a broad audience of people who care about uh, organizations trying to make a difference on big issues. It's from 5 o'clock to 7.30 um, on March 31st. Uh, at uh, the beautiful Health Sciences Innovation Building on the University of Arizona campus. And Brittany, people can go to socialventurepartners.org, correct, to buy an in-person or virtual ticket to to be there with y'all on the 31st. svptucson.org. We are an international network, so a lot of us in in 40 Uh countries around the world supporting our backyard. So come to our backyard, svptucson.org. And Michael, what a beautiful explanation of the Fast Pitch program. Thank you for doing that. Could could not have said it better if you tried. So thank you for being part of it. Thank you, Zach, um, for sharing ways that everyone can, can lean in and learn about our community. So thank you. And come check us out March 31st. Love it. And that is one more time, svptucson.org. 
Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, thanks, Brittany, and thanks, Michael. That does it for us today. Uh, when we come back tomorrow, we'll have Pastor Jeff Locks and our Faith and Culture contributor. We'll also zoom out of the local conversations that we uh, that we really lean on here, and we'll talk uh, about NATO uh, and what's going on in Ukraine with our nationally syndicated columnist uh, and contributor Ruben Navarrete here on the program tomorrow, Wednesday. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster uh, is up at noon. Keep us dialed right here on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. Thanks for listening, Tucson. We'll be back on Wednesday. Take care, Tucson.